When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to make your daily life happier. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Usually I record this podcast in a studio in downtown Brooklyn, but tonight I'm in Seattle, live on stage with my sister, Elizabeth Graff. Yes, Gretch, yay! We're here in Seattle. I'm Elizabeth Kraft, still a TV writer <laughs> and producer who lives in L.A., but we came to Seattle to record this live episode. Yay. And, of course, I want to say hi to Adam and Jack, yes. who came with me from L.A. Thanks yeah. for being here. Our special guest. <laughs> so hello, nice. everyone. Um, so it is so fun to be here, and it is so fun to be doing our second live show. And, Elizabeth, yes. um, there's a special terror in doing your first live show. And I remember when we were doing our first live show, I said, we will never again have to do our first live show. So this is much more fun. Yes. I still took two beta blockers, <laughs> but they weren't as direly needed. Yeah. So next time, one beta blocker. Yeah. Um, we, and uh, we got a lot coming up tonight. We've got to try this at home, of course. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive in a manifesto, and we are going to talk to the brilliant Chris Gillibo. We'll also tackle some happiness stumbling blocks related to the four tendencies. We'll do a happiness hack speed round with the audience. And as always, we'll end with demerits and gold stars. Yes, we have to hit, the, hit that. Now, Gretch, before we get into our try this at home, I have to mention that in our last episode, episode 76, yeah. we talked about how one way to extend vacation mode is to read a book Right. That takes place in the city that you've been to. Yeah, one of our listeners suggested that. Yes, yeah. and I did that proactively before ah. coming here, ah. and I read uh, ah. Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Semple, and so many people tweeted me to read yeah. this book, yeah. and I loved it, and I mean, 
our trip is all over this book. Like the Westin figures prominently in the book. Yeah. We're staying at staying the Westin. We're both staying at the Westin. Um, somebody had tweeted me to go to a restaurant called Lola. And then I read about it in the book. So I'm like, okay, I'm making a reservation. Uh, yeah. We're taking Jack to the top of the Space Needle to the re- rotating restaurant, also in the book. Yeah. Town Hall is in the book. Yes. So yeah. it's all over the place. So that was awesome. And I have to say that I had like a moment of uh, connecting with a place through a book because, um, because of jet lag. I was up at 4.30 in the morning and I was gonna, looking at the weather and I see the weather map of the whole area and I great. see Forks. And I am a huge Twilight fan. Hey. So I saw that. Team, Team Edward. Edward. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really fun way to connect with the area. Now, for this try that's at home, it is to try picking your happiness 911 song. Okay, now that seems fairly self-explanatory, yes. happiness 911, but tell us more. Okay. So the thing is, to be happy, we all know, is sort of a long game. You've got to get enough sleep, you've got to get a little bit of exercise, you have to tackle nagging tasks, you have to plan for fun. You know, so these are things that unfold over time. But sometimes you're in a happiness emergency and you need, you know, it's Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. and you need an emergency mood boost right now. And research shows, and I think everybody knows this from experience, that listening to music is one of the quickest, easiest ways to intervene in your mood. It can have enormous influence on our state of mind. For instance, um, research shows that if patients are allowed to choose their music, they can lower their blood pressure, their anxiety level, their heart rate. And so it's just a really easy way to get that lift if you need it. Yeah, I will say this is just one advantage. There are a few, but one advantage of having to do so much commuting in L.A. Oh, yeah, yeah, is right. you spend a lot of time in the car. Yeah. And aside from listening to podcasts, yes. you can listen to your happiness 911 songs yeah. over and over. <laughs> um, you know, if you know you're going to have a bad day or you're coming off of a bad day, right, it's right. a good thing to do in the car. So you want to um, have that, you know, yeah. identify what those songs are going to be. Yeah, and of course, this song, Gretch, we're about to play is one of my happiness 911 songs, and I have many times listened to it on repeat in the car. Oh, yeah? Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Uh, love the boss. Uh, my favorite line in this song is, you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. Because I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm all right. It's all right. Um, man, I've got to say, Elizabeth, before we play the clip of my song, is that there was a song that you and I agreed up front that we could not pick. Oh, that's right. Yes. Happy by Pharrell. Yeah. <laughs> like, off the table. Off the table. Off the Too table. cliche. Too cliche. So here's, here's my song. by Fatboy Slim and I always think of this as like the anthem for my marriage because the words are like 
We've come a long, long way together through the bad times and the good. I ought to celebrate you, baby. I ought to praise you like I should. And I think, I should praise Jamie like I should. I should. And so I, that's like my good uh, psych-up song. For, of course, uh, I would expect you to want him to praise you and give you gold yeah. stars. Being I'll the gold star junkie. Playlist. Yes, it's on, yeah. I'll put it on his playlist. Right, 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 to remind him. Um, now, Kristen... We want you to come give us your, the song for your, uh, your Happiness 911 song. Well, this is a really hard thing to do because um, I love music, and you guys know where I'm going for my honeymoon yes. in a few weeks. I'm Tell going to everybody. Dollywood. Dollywood! Dollywood! Yeah, we were betting that you would pick a Dolly Parton song. Yeah, so I'm a Dolly super fan, but instead of choosing a Dolly song... I just, it's, I can't just pick one Dolly song. That's too hard. <laughs> too hard, too but, hard. But um, I do really love a song by Dolly Parton's goddaughter, Miley Cyrus, <laughs> called Party in the USA. My tummy's turning and I'm feeling kind of homesick. Too much pressure and I'm nervous. Cause when the taxi man turned on the radio, and a Jay-Z song was on. And a Jay-Z song was on. And a Jay-Z Yeah, excellent. All right. Extra gold stars for the dancing. Yeah. Two gold stars for dancing. Elizabeth, I think you and I are going to have to do like some dance lessons as uh, part of you're your You're saying that as you look no, at me? No, I'm just Thank thinking. You. No, myself. I'm like, I think that there might be, I think there might be. Dad has suggested that to me after weddings, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think there's a try this at home. We'll, have, yeah. we're, we're, we'll be developing. If yeah. you have any ideas, uh, email yeah. us about how we should, we should do that. Uh, speaking of dad, yeah. we also have a family yeah. happiness 911 song. Yeah, yeah. A few, uh, actually. Yeah, no, and I think these are ones that we uh, kind of think of them as sort of family songs that always make us feel happier together. I hear the on the way back, let's perfume through the air. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up And that, of course, is Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. Our parents saw uh, Wrecking Crew, and this like got us all reengaged in the Beach Boys. So we've yeah. been listening to a lot of Beach Boys lately. Yeah, it was between Beach Boys, Mamas and the Papas, Mamas and, and Willie Nelson. Those yeah, are yeah. Our... I really found hard about whether Mamas and the Papas should be the Happiness 911 song for our family. But like, how can you say no to Good Vibrations? I felt like that had to win. But um, yeah, absolutely. But so try this at home. Pick your Happiness 911 song, and here's the thing: send them to us. Because we are going to do a Happiest 911 playlist on Spotify so that you can listen to everybody's song. And so send them to us. And then once that's ready, we'll let you know how you can get it. And um, if you're like me and don't know how to use Spotify, we will have like a thing about how you can. Um, and so we can all listen to the great music together. Yeah. So send those to podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. And you will hear more of our happiness 911 songs throughout the night whenever we're going to go from one segment to the next. So we are starting that right now with one that makes me want to boogie.
course, is Boogie Shoes by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, and I like that you got a little Casey reference in there. Yes. Yeah, because well, we're both from Kansas City, reference. so it's not the same Casey, but it's a Casey. It's a Casey. It's a Casey. So now, uh, deep dive into manifestos. In episode 76, we talked about why writing a manifesto about some aspect of your life, whatever it is, um, can be a very kind of creative thought-provoking, happiness-boosting exercise because it really forces you to sit down and to clarify your thoughts, your values, and to you know, put it in this succinct form. And there's just something very, very satisfying about that. And we have just been inundated with people's manifestos. And these are just so satisfying and fascinating to read. So we wanted to do a deep dive. And we're going we're gonna to go through a few um, and we're not going to be able to talk about every element of the manifestos because it would take too long. So, but we'll, we'll pick out a few, a, a couple of the of the more interesting ones um, as we go. Uh, so, Gretch, let's start with your manifesto. Yep. Way back when you wrote the Happiness Project, yep. that was a huge part of it. Yeah, you came up with your twelve personal commandments. Yes. Uh, so, okay, what are they? So, the first one and the most important one is be Gretchen. Second, let it go. Three. Act the way I want to feel. Four, do it now. Five, be polite and be fair. Six, enjoy the process. Seven, spend out. Eight, identify the problem. Nine, lighten up. Ten, do what ought to be done. Eleven, no calculation. And twelve, there is only love. So, okay, one I want to talk about is spend out. Yeah. Because for you, especially because you're an underbuyer, so even the notion of spend out is interesting yeah, yeah. from you. So spend out is the most obscure. It, so I have kind of a hoarding nature, and I will often <laughs> hold things back. And so, like, I will buy three beautiful new white T-shirts, and then I will leave them pristine on the shelf and keep wearing my same tired old yellowing T-shirts because I'm like, I want to save these nice ones. Or I'll get great stationery for Christmas, but then I will never use it because I'm like, oh, i got to save this stationery. Or I'll have an idea, and I think, oh, I could put that idea on my blog, but maybe I should hold it back. I should save it. And so spend out is to remind me to use things up, to put things into circulation, um, to, to, to uh, put things to use in the world. Well, what's interesting is we have the same thing in the writer's room. Ah. In TV, because it's like a lot of times you'll have a good idea and you'll want to save it for another episode. Yeah, but like, oh, let's not 100%. use that here. And what we've come to realize is put every good idea in every episode and just assume you'll have another good idea. Right, right. In the future. Right. And that's what I found, too, is that with creativity, like you're much better off or I'm much better off like lavishing it out rather than doling it out by t a t teaspoon. And you just sort of have to trust in abundance and that there's going to be more. And then what about number 11, no calculation? What does that mean? So this goes to another possible limitation <laughs> of mine. Um, so my, my spiritual master uh, is St. Therese of Lisieux. And St. Therese said, when one loves, one does not calculate. Mm. And I'm a definite calculator. I'm a scorekeeper. I'm a bean counter. <laughs> I did this, so you have to do that. I had my turn. Now it's your turn. <laughs> And, um, and so I remind myself of the words of St. Therese, no calculation. I should just like give and like do the right thing and do the loving thing and not like be keeping a secret scorecard in my back pocket. So you don't have a scorecard with me of like what you've done for the podcast and what I've done. No, I, I don't. <laughs> okay, and I will sure. say that no calculation. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, next we want to talk about a manifesto from a listener because we asked for listeners Marianne, are you here? Teacher, high school teacher. Marianne, Marianne are you here? Yay, come, come on, on up. up, come on up. Come on down. 
Excellent. Come on this way. So the, the stairs are around that way. Oh, so this is fantastic. So Marianne is a high school teacher at an all-girls school here in Seattle, and she wrote a great manifesto on teaching that, like a lot of these manifestos, it's very specific, but then it also has all these excellent reverberations. Come. Hey, thank thanks for being here, Marianne. Yay. We're not getting up because then we would mess up our microphones. Yeah. But it's so great to I have you here. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> thank yeah. you. I hope nice. this is a good surprise and not this a bad amazing. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good surprise. Excellent, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Well, so will you take us through your, mani your, your manifesto. manifesto? Okay. This is Mrs. Magaz. <laughs> I love that. Okay. I love that, the title. Um, one, start with a question. Two, connect before I correct. Three, whoever is doing the talking is doing the learning. Four, do not eat free food unless it is an entire meal. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, develop skills over facts. Number six, technology is a tool rather than the content. Number seven, assume positive intention. Number eight, not how smart you are, but how are you smart. Number nine, it's not about me yet. Number 10, I'm a role model in all I do, whether I feel like it or not. Now, can I just say, if I knew that my child's teacher had this manifesto, how happy I would be. Because you just, your values come through with this. This says everything about your values and what, and what kind of teacher you want to be. It's just, it's just amazing to read. So can we ask you about connect before I correct? Yeah. What do you we both what, love that phrase. Yeah. yeah. So I learned this from my colleague who um, learned it from a parenting class, actually. And so it's just that reminder that sometimes as a teacher and as a parent, I think we can notice what's wrong first. But it yes. always goes better when we just take the time to connect with somebody. Or even this week, I was like asking kids about how their volleyball match went before maybe I reminded them that they were out of dress code or something uh, like that. <laughs> that. I think it always just helps people to when you connect with them first. Yes, that's great advice in parenting. Also, yeah, for like all parents. I was just thinking yeah. that without my daughters. And what about in the last one? I'm a role model in all that I do, whether I feel like it or not. What's that? Um, I think that especially high school kids and probably elementary school kids, too, they notice everything that I do. So, you know, even when I'm out at parking duty, they're mm. noticing what I'm doing. And maybe I just feel tired or it's rainy and I don't feel like being there. But it's important to remember that they're noticing and that I can make them feel good or show them that I'm following through, even if I'm tired and I don't feel like it. Wow. So, I mean, these are great things to think about in every context with adults, with parents. Yeah. Um, so this was fantastic. Yeah. Thank well, you let's so give a much. shout out to your yeah. students. Yes, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> thank you, Mrs. Maga. Thank you. That is so fun. Okay, now we have uh, one more audience member who uh, hopefully arrived from Vancouver. Is Jen here? Jen, we moved from Toronto to Vancouver. just moved from Toronto to, to Vancouver. To go to graduate school. Yes? Jen? Oh, she's Yay, here. She's here. Yay. Yay. We made it. So Jen just moved from Toronto to Vancouver, as Gretchen said, to go to graduate school. And to help with this big transition, she wrote a manifesto about how to deal with this new season of life. And we love yes, that Jen. phrase. Hi, thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you. you. Sit. 
So this is your new season of life. It is, yes. Um, just that I, phrase I love. Yeah, I mean, this is a good example of a manifesto, like, where it kind of can shape the whole way you think about things. It's, totally. you know, um, you, you can sort of see that you're in this season in a, in a new, kind of in a new way. So take us through your manifesto. Uh, so too much of a good thing ruins everything. <laughs> uh, lean in, grow where you're planted, do uh, go deep rather than wide. Everything's always gets done. And don't treat gifts as burdens. So what does go deep rather than go wide mean? Um, I guess I was meeting in my new season a lot of new people and had a lot of new experiences that I could have or didn't have to have um, and could choose kind of like right. this way. And so I was like, well, in my choosing, I'm going to selectively choose where I can go deep with relationships and with yeah. like what I like, could really invest rather than like doing a ton of things that I not do them well. that's smart better to have like we always say make three friends who really become real lifelong friends and like 20 people you're going to coffee with exactly yeah Yeah. right and that's hard when you're in a new place and sort of figuring out and then what does don't treat gifts as burdens this is a line of a song of a Mm. artist i like um jenny owens and so i'm studying right now and so there's a lot of work and i'm like it's a gift to study but i sometimes don't feel like that so it's like, I keep trying to remind myself that it's not a burden, yeah. it's a gift, so I need to treat it not like a gift, not <sighs> oh. like a burden. Oh, so. that's well, this like reminds profound me, insight. This reminds me of your sign. Uh, my, oh, that's right. I have a sign in my office that says it's a fun job and I enjoy it. <laughs> to Sarah, my writing partner, had them made because we had to remind ourselves yes. it's a fun job and I enjoy yes. it. Sometimes it's easy to forget. Yeah. Totally. Um, but it's, yeah. it is totally. a gift, not a burden. Yeah. Right. Um, that's, sign, that's the next sign we have to make. Nice. Yeah. You know. No, because it is easy to like be dragged down with all the things. I mean, this is like the good happiness point, which is you can focus on the negatives and the burdens and the annoyances and the to-do list and everything and forget like, I'm exactly where I wanted to be, or this is what I've been hoping for. I've been working towards this and this is, you know, giving me what I want. Exactly. And I don't want to look back and think, oh, I ruined it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. When I really had a gift in front of me. So. And people say that all the time, that they do that in retrospect. Yeah, so totally. it's like learn from those who have yeah. come before us. Yeah. yeah, and that's why having that new season is so helpful, is to think, like, what do I want this new season to be? Yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Jen, thank, thank you, you so much. Jen. Big, big gold star for Jen and Marianne. Okay, Elizabeth, oh, now, now <laughs> you're up. Yes, so I <laughs> crazily agreed to do my marriage manifesto for yeah. tonight. She committed to that. I in was advance. like, oh, that'll be fun. Uh, um, now, <laughs> first of all, I have to say, this isn't what I actually do, this is what I aspire to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Manifestos, they can be aspirational. And then I also have to say, Adam is hearing this for the first time. I didn't do this with him. I just decided to go it alone. Um, So after the show, he's going to have to tell me if he even likes this manifesto and agrees with it. I know certain points he'll agree with. So I have to say, like, I think this could be a really cool thing. It's like if you have, like, in in a couple, both sweethearts both do their manifestos and then you, like, compare and discuss. I think that would be great. I've got to say... There's no way Jamie would ever agree to do that. It's like uh, last thing he would agree to do. But I think I it, don't if, know if Adam would or not. Well, I'm not going to put him on the spot. Right yeah, yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um, so let's hear what is okay. 
Uh, number one, use a kind voice. That actually came from Adam. That was his idea. Yeah. Um, in another context. Yeah. Number two, pick up, pick up, pick up. Number uh, three, assume the best, accept the worst. Number four, temples are there to be rubbed. Number five, devices down. Number six, say yes. Number seven, nag sparingly. <laughs> and number eight, if not him, then an exact replica. <laughs> All right, I think this is a pretty good universal manifesto. Yeah? Okay. Wait, so, but temples are there to be rubbed. That, what's that about? Yeah, that's very specific to Adam. He gets a lot of migraines, oh, and so I right. know that it gives him just even just momentary relief from his migraines if I rub his head really hard. Um, and it's something I did a lot, like right when we started dating and we were first married. <laughs> Maybe I've, uh, you know, not done it as much in recent times. So I want to remind myself to do that because I know he loves it and it gives him this, um, this just amazing relief. From so I always want to be that person to give him relief. Right, 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 right. That's a good one. Um, and then what is this? If not him, then an exact replica. It says like, <laughs> has a slight science fiction um, uh, um, cast to it. That's, I remind myself, like, if, let's say if we have a fight or something. I'm like, you know what? If I didn't have Adam, no matter what he's doing, I would just be out looking for someone exactly like him. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, I got to get it together with him because if, if I didn't have him, I would just be searching for him. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, it's, on the one hand, it sounds, it's deeply romantic. <laughs> on the other hand, it doesn't sound that romantic. Yeah. Uh, it is. Um, but it's actually it very deeply romantic. Yeah. yeah. So um, that is my marriage manifesto, and I'll get my report card on that later. Okay, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Oh, well, it was so fascinating to read these. I yes. To... Sorry if we didn't get all of them, but um, yeah, we, we read, read them all. and enjoyed all of them. Yes. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com slash happier. That's StoryWorth.com slash happier to save $10 on your first purchase. And that is Ponder Replay by Rihanna. And um, I, I looked up, what does Ponder Replay mean? And it's like, put it on replay. You know, put it on repeat. So, Ponder Replay. That is a good Happiness 911 yeah. song. Yeah, Rich. that's maybe my best Happiness 911 song. Um, but now, 
we get to talk to Chris Gillibeau. Huge treat. So I've been friends with Chris Gillibeau for a long time, um, and I first heard of him because he has this wonderful blog called The Art of Nonconformity. And he's written several uh, excellent New York Times best-selling books, uh, like $100 Startup, The Happiness of Pursuit, which, by the way, I was very annoyed when I saw that title because I'm like, why didn't I get that <laughs> title? Um, love that title. And then most recently he wrote a book called Born for This, um, which is about how to find the work that you are meant to do. And um, he also holds a really great uh, conference, the World Domination Summit, every summer in Portland. Chris writes about happiness, productivity, and figuring out how to get the life you want. And this is intriguing. He recently completed a 10-year quest to visit all 193 countries in the world. Yeah, huge. Is, wow. So let's welcome Chris Gillibout. So, Chris, what, that was your happiness 911 song. What was it? Yes, it was. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> when you asked me to pick my happiness 911 song, you know, I immediately first thought of my personal hero and the best entertainer in the world, Taylor Swift. <laughs> but, you know, I realized that that might be too common of a selection. Uh, yeah. She's probably, you know, everyone's personal hero. <laughs> so, you know, I think she's an upholder, by the way. Is she really? Uh, I, I called that. You said that, and I've been doing a lot of research. <laughs> so... <laughs> So instead, I chose um, a song called Dark Blue by Jack's Mannequin, and it's just a very fun, high-energy song. Um, I listen to it when I'm running. Whenever it comes up on my playlist, I notice I run faster. Oh. I'm not really an athlete. I don't run very fast. Um, but there was recently some scientific research that came out that said, you know, if you listen to, like, you know, high-upbeat, high-energy songs when you work out, you're going to have a better yep. workout, yep. Uh, which anyone who's ever <laughs> exercised probably already knew. Yeah. But now you have a scientific basis for it. Um, well, so, Chris, in, a, um, in the next segment, we're going to talk about the four tendencies, but I want to talk about it a minute here, because you are a rebel. So you say. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I'd love to just talk to you about that for a minute. Now, just for anybody who doesn't know about the four tendencies, I'll get into the whole thing in a little bit, but just as uh, a refresher about rebels. So rebels are people who, they resist outer and inner expectations. So they want to do what they want to do in their own way, in their own time. And if people ask or tell them to do something, they're very likely to resist. So does this ring true for you when I say you're, because to me, you seem, you've got rebel written all over you. So <laughs> obviously I took the quiz yeah. and I, I didn't want to come out as a rebel. Right. Um, ah. I, I was like, maybe I'm a questioner because, you know, I thought, I was like, well, inner expectations, outer expectations. If it's something that I believe in, of course yeah. I'm going to do it. And if it's an outer expectation, like, you know, you called and asked me to come. I said, well, of course I'm going to do that. I'd yeah. love to do that. Yeah. So to me, in my mind, maybe I was thinking, But do you know when, like, I, was, when I would write you emails, you may not have noticed it. I would say, like, if you feel like it, you could give us your <laughs> happiness 911 yeah. song. Did you do that just for me? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> feel so special. <laughs> If it would be she fun for you to, to come. She talks to us differently. <laughs> That's great. Okay, now we've been talking about manifestos uh, tonight. And Chris, you have a great manifesto. And looking at everything you've written, it seems like you've managed to crystallize all your major ideas about how people can do what they were born to do in this four-point manifesto. So mm -hmm. let's just go through it and you can, you know, you can school us. Should we just start with number yeah. one yeah. and talk about it? Yeah. So you don't have to live your life the way other people expect. So 
So that's kind of the, the central you know, affirmation that I try to do in the art of nonconformity, and, and it kind of comes from that's this That's kind of the quote. tag yeah. of, your, of your work. Right, anyway, this right? Is my email signature, you know, for 10 years has been like this quote, like once in a while it really hits people, they don't have to live, you know, according to expectations, the way they've been told. Right. right? And I think that's really important because, you know, like all of us in our lives, like we have been told certain things, and maybe they're truth, but maybe they're myth. And right. it's very important to figure out, okay, what, what is my belief? What is my true self? It doesn't mean that I am rebelling or that I'm nonconformist about every single thing in the world, right? <laughs> but uh, it does mean that I'm going to decide for myself and that I'm going to internalize and choose my own values and then choose, like, how do I live out those values um, in a way that right. is true to me but also hopefully, you know, good for the world as well. Yeah, I feel like that's one of my biggest struggles in adulthood is letting go of, of other people's expectations and defining my own. I feel like I'm very much in the box and getting out of the box is terrifying. So uh, I think that's important. I mean, I think sometimes it's hard even to understand how you're accepting other people's expectations without even realizing it. Yeah. That it is a huge challenge to realize, like, I don't have to accept this if I don't want to. I can look beyond it. I can make my own decisions. But it's like even to see the framework that's been built around you is it's like one of the big challenges sure. of our lives. So even if you're an obliger, perhaps, I would say like it's not about necessarily like changing your whole worldview and your experience. But I think there is great satisfaction, perhaps, maybe in finding something that like mm -hmm. I've been doing this just for no good reason, really, but because there was some ex expectation and the costs to not doing it are not that great actually, mm -hmm. but I'm getting a lot of satisfaction by choosing my own way. Can I just reference the great thank you note debate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like there's like a, just like a giant controversy about whether a person should write thank you notes mm. to a 40-person, six-year-old birthday party. Oh, wow. And I will say Gretchen was like the only person almost who <laughs> felt that we shouldn't write thank you notes. But anyway. Anyway, we digress. Bar. We digress. Okay, back. so number yes. two, yes. you can do good things for yourself and help other people at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. So when I started that project, you know, eight years ago, a big part of it was uh, chronicling the quest that you mentioned, Gretchen, of going to every country in the world. And that was a, that was a personal quest. It wasn't like yeah. a charity project. It was something that I, I felt like I had to do for myself. And no, it, no, wait, was this something that you'd like from your, like when you were a child, you thought like, I want to go to every country in the world. Nope. Like you'd look at the Atlas yep. or did it come to you like in it, like suddenly? At a I don't think anyone chooses something like that, any kind of quest. I think you, you come to it over time. So I love to travel. Yeah. I had a lot of experiences in West Africa where I was working as an aid worker and I was always a list maker like uh -huh. you and a goal setter. And yeah. so I kind of put these two things together at a certain point. And I made a list of all the countries I'd been to. And I was like, well, this is fun. You know, let me try to go to like 100 countries. Yeah. And as I worked toward that, you yeah. know, then it was like, okay, let's go to every country, 193. And so did that's the how number change while you were in the, doing Only it? Only once. Oh. Uh, yeah. South Sudan became a country oh, uh, yeah. when, when I was about maybe two-thirds of the way through. So it was 192 when I started, and then it's 193. But I went there. Wow. You did. <laughs> So anyway, good things for yourself, um, you know, personal quest, I think that's wonderful, but you can also do things, good things for other people at the same time. I think, like, sometimes we hear that there's this dichotomy between yeah. it, and, like, we are choosing, you know, yes. ourselves, or we are choosing others, and I think one of the most beautiful things in life is when you do something that makes you happy, but that other people are also enjoying as well, which we can see here tonight, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell us if not. Um, but one of the, um, like in my second Splendid Truth, um, like one of the things is, I think everybody accepts that like one of the best ways to make yourself happy is to make other people happy. That's widely understood. 
But what's less well understood is that one of the best ways to make other people happy is to be happy yourself. Mm -hmm. And that it is a false choice. And that you can make yourself happy and do things for other people. And then when you're happy yourself, then you're more able to think about the problems of the world and other people as well. And so it's like Absolutely. a way to, um, to give yourself the emotional mm -hmm. wherewithal to push outward as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then if you don't decide for yourself what you want to get out of life, someone else will end up deciding for you. Mm. Right. This sounds like something maybe you hear from a lot of your, your readers and your sure. listeners. Yeah, I mean, I get a lot of emails from you know, people working at jobs in which they are dissatisfied, and they've just kind of you know, stumbled into those jobs, and they're trying to you know, figure out uh, what, are, what are the next steps. You know, do I change my career? Do I start a business? You know, what do I do? Yeah. But I think, you know, to go back to the point about most of us, we, we don't actually know our life purpose when we're 20 years old, but that is the kind of the pressure that society puts on us when you choose your college major, like you're making all these decisions. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think there's great power in changing your mind. And I think there's a lot of, of power in, in giving up on something even and yeah. saying, actually, I was doing that for a while, but I'm, you know, it was fine for a while, but now I want something else because life is short. So... You know, did a lot of research about about giving up in particular with the last book, and yeah, that was really interesting because I feel like that's a place where people are like, never, never, like, because I wrote a book about Winston Churchill, never, never, <laughs> never, 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 never give up, and it's like you never give up except when you should give up, except right? when you should give you up, know, which is because, the rest of his quotation, yeah, right, right, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because uh, we, we often hear like persistence is like this mythology of American culture, like persistence is the predictor of success. And, and you hear all these stories about people who try things like 40 times and on the 41st time, yeah. you know, he succeeded or whatever. But, you know, I, what I saw through a lot of research is uh, it's not persistence, it's flexibility, mm. it's adaptation. It's actually being willing to say, you know, again, like I came to this crossroads, I made a choice and it wasn't the right choice or maybe it was the right choice, you know, for a time. But it's not the right choice now, so I'm going to do something different. That's okay. And you feel like people can do this well into their life. It's not like absolutely. you only have your 20s to give up and start no, something absolutely. new. You can I mean, keep doing that. No, I'm fortunate to have a wonderful community of, of people of all ages and backgrounds. And some of my favorite emails, actually, are, are people you know, of retirement age or you know, just choosing a completely new career or a new you know, walk of life or a big adventure. You know, maybe not going to every country in the world, but going to see parts of the world that they'd only heard of before. Uh, or starting a business at a later age, I think it's it's wonderful. And do you, do you think, and like this idea that if you don't decide, then others will decide, and it does seem like that that happens. Like if you don't seize the reins and take control, then sort of life forces just will move you one way or the other. Like right. that, that you have to steer it, or else you just the current. I'm, I'm searching for the metaphor here, but <laughs> like if you don't grab the steering wheel, <laughs> the current will bear you along. To a, you'll end good. up just doing what your parents want. Yeah. You to do. That's good. That's good. There you go. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And it's not like there's, I mean, forces is a good word, because it's not like there's one person who's yeah. like, here's how your life is going to be. Yeah. But yet, uh, you know, I think most of us can see if, if we, we can either make active choices or passive choices. Yes, that's a good And way, so yeah. the, the passive choice is like, there is the stream. Right. I'm going to continue right. driving my right. car through the stream. Right, 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 right. right. I'm um, a doctor because both my parents were doctors. I'm getting married because everybody right. I know is getting married. I took this job because somebody offered me this job. This is what is known to job. me. This is the yeah. environment. Yeah. Right. And if, and if that's where you're happy, then of course that's, that's wonderful. You yeah. Know? I get a lot of emails from people sometimes who say like, you know, I, I'm pretty happy. Like, what's wrong with me? Right. And I'm like, no, it's great. It's great that you're happy in your traditional job. You know, like, I'm happy for you. Um, but I actually yeah. hear from a lot of people who are, you know, discontented yeah. or dissatisfied yeah. and, like, they want to make a change. Right. Okay. And then number four is there's usually more than one way to accomplish something. Mm -hmm. 
So we were talking uh, beforehand, actually recording this here in, in Seattle, Washington. I went to grad school at uh, University of Washington, and uh, I yeah, applied. Let's yeah, let's give it up. All right. And when I applied uh, to go to grad school, I was living in Liberia, uh, doing that aid worker position, and uh, I did not take the GRE because I knew I'd be terrible at it. Like, I really knew my quantitative scores would be mediocre at best, right? And so grad school decisions, like, are often made around that. So I thought, like, I'm not going to win um, by competing in that fashion. So I, I wrote an essay, and, you know, in my essay I said a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I said, like, this is the only program I'm applying to, and if I get yeah. in, I am coming, Right. And can I just say, side note, um, this is a thing that rebels often do. I've heard over and over, <laughs> rebels apply to one school. I, uh, I'm not, ex yes. Right. I was dumbstruck when right, right. Chris told me this. Yes. And then the second thing was, um, I obviously had to address, you know, this whole issue of the fact that GRE scores are required, you know, for application. And so I, I think I, I wrote something about, hey, I'm like applying from post-conflict, you know, state here in West Africa, and <laughs> there's there's no clean water anywhere in the country, so we're working on that first. And then uh, <laughs> sanitation, like healthcare, electricity, eventually, but you know, we'll come to standardized testing <laughs> at some point, right? But for Not right now, <laughs> it's a little bit low on the priorities list. <laughs> And, I mean, what's funny is, like, I wasn't trying to be arrogant. Uh, for me, it was just a strategy because I yeah. knew I wouldn't be accepted if I right, had taken right. that test and had mediocre results. And so they yeah. sent me an acceptance uh, letter along with an award for top scholar, which I thought oh. was interesting. Oh. Nice. Like, so I'm not a scholar. Hey, more than one way to accomplish right. something. Yeah, there you go. that's great. Okay, now, Chris, finally, we ask all of our guests um, if they have a try this at home to share with our audience. Do you have a try this at home? Yeah. If you feel like it. If, if I feel you, like if it. If you want to. Actually, I feel like leaving right now, Gretchen. <laughs> but before I leave, I'll tell you my try this at home. And my try this at home, which can be a try this anywhere, is um, to be a detective wherever you go. Ooh. And I like to look at the behind the scenes of stuff. I like to kind of figure out the process or decode something. And so you can do this in a lot of different ways. If you ever watch a TV show or a movie, if the screenplay is well done, then you know, every scene is there for a reason. Not just every scene, but really every dialogue. You know, even like the blocking of the actors, it's all done for a reason. So I like to kind of understand or at least predict, like, why is this here, right? I'm reading a novel. You know, yeah. same thing. Like, where is the author leading me? Like, why is this particular thing here? Mm. If you're out and about, you know, if you, if you go to Ikea, which I try not to do, um, <laughs> but I have been to Ikea, like, you can't just go in and get something at Ikea, right? Like, you have to go through the whole, like, yes. maze. And that's, that's done for a reason, right? So it's interesting to kind of ask yourself, yeah. or at least for me it is, maybe I'm the only person in the world who likes this, you know, try mm. this at home. No, but that's I like awesome. to kind I love of, it. I like to just kind of say, okay, why was this done? And it's not about criticizing it, or quite, it's just about trying to understand it or maybe puzzle something out about it. But also I, I think it. it's a good example of like you get out of things what you put into them. And by bringing this analysis and this thoughtfulness, it's like the world becomes a more interesting place. Like mm -hmm. you, we were talking about Uber and you were telling me right. about you talked to all these people and it's just the world is more interesting mm -hmm. when you know more about it. And when you think, think more about it, um, you just have a richer experience. Mm -hmm. That's why I have the questioner part of my rebelness. There, there, there yeah. you go. Mm -hmm. I really well, wanted rebel, to be a questioner, but I'm going to take the test again and you have the get wing. different answers. <laughs> you're on right? the questioner wing. We will talk <laughs> later. Um, well, listen, Chris, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you really so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We 
actually had more than one Miley Cyrus Happiness yeah. 911 song tonight. That we was mine. We, we can't have... stop. Yeah. Uh, that's one I listen to in the car quite often. Oh, that's Windows good. down. Uh, but now it is time for a happiness stumbling block. Um, and this one is related to the four tendencies. I'm obsessed. Yeah, Gretch, I know that it's one of your favorite subjects. Um, On that note, I also know you wrote a book about the four tendencies. When is it coming out? Well, Lisa, thank you so much for asking. (laughs) Um, I am obsessed with the four tendencies. And um, the book's coming out this summer. I am madly editing right now. So stay tuned for that. I haven't, we don't know exactly what month it is. But if you want to know when the book um, is going to hit the shelves, you can uh, go to happiercast.com slash Four Tendencies book. There's really no easier way to do that. Four Tendencies book. And, um, and sign up, and then I'll let you know um, when the book comes out, because I'm, re- I'm really excited about it. And, okay, so I think a lot of people here probably are familiar with the Four Tendencies, but in yeah. case anyone isn't familiar, give us just a brief overview of what they are and, and, and your thing. So, uh, yes, so many thoughts. <laughs> um, the Four Tendencies are Upholder, Questioner, Obliger, and Rebel. And this has to do with how a person responds to an expectation. So there are outer expectations like a work deadline, and there are inner expectations like a New Year's resolution. So upholder, like me, um, upholders readily meet outer and inner expectations. So they meet the work deadline, they keep the New Year's resolution without much fuss. Next, questioners. Questioners question all expectations. They'll do something if they think it makes sense. So they resist anything that seems arbitrary or inefficient or unjustified. Next, obligers. Obligers readily meet outer expectations, but they struggle to meet inner expectations. So they have no trouble meeting the work deadline, but when it's their own New Year's resolution, then it's more of a struggle. And then finally, rebels. Rebels resist all expectations, outer and inner alike. If you ask or tell them to do something, they're very likely to resist. And, and so, and most people can tell what they are from that, but if you want to take the quiz, uh, Chris mentioned taking the quiz, it's at um, happiercast.com slash quiz, and you'll, like, get an answer for you. Okay, so let's see yeah. if our audience knows what they are yeah. and have people clap for your tendency, yes. okay? I can't wait. Okay. So, upholder. Well, upholder, okay. team upholder. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of upholder. Okay, how about questioners? <laughs> a lot of questioners. Wow. Okay, obliger. Team obliger. <laughs> and rebels. Got there some we go. rebels. Got a few rebels. So this is very, this is exactly what you see in the world. Rebel is the smallest tendency. It's a conspicuous tendency, but it's a small tendency. <laughs> Upholder, only slightly larger. These are the two small tendencies. Overwhelmingly, people are questioners or obligers, and obliger is the biggest tendency. And I think that's what we heard, um, what we heard just now. Also, weirdly, rebels often sit in the very front or the very back. I don't know why, but the rebels are clustered in the front here. So, yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about some stumbling blocks related to each tendency. Yeah. So for yeah. your yeah. tendency, Upholder, what's a big stumbling block? So the, I think the big stumbling block for us is um, that people think that we're rigid, and they're trying to help us loosen up, but what they don't is understand is that for Upholders, it's actually kind of more satisfying and, and more reassuring to kind of stick to our ways and, and to uphold our expectations. And so being told to loosen up often doesn't make us feel better. It makes us feel anxious. Yeah, it reminds me of, um, like, one time you were going to a birthday party, and she was just complaining that the 
dinner was at eight o'clock. She's like, I'm, I don't eat at eight o'clock. I eat at five 30. Why are they having this party at eight o'clock? And I'm going, it's fairly normal time for a birthday party. Yeah. Uh, but you were just like so out of your comfort zone. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I had to stay up late. Yeah. 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 We don't like to deviate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. What about questioners? Okay. So here's the thing about questioners <clears throat> and they do not totally do not see the irony here. They don't like to be questioned. They get very annoyed when they're questioned. Um, they, they often enjoy giving information, but they don't like it when anybody questions their judgment or like wants them to take them through their analysis. They just are beside themselves with how annoying that is. Now, I was telling you to ask Jamie, Jamie Gretchen's husband is a questioner, and I was saying, ask Jamie why it's so bothersome. Did he give you a, a, an answer? No, Jamie objected even to this question. <laughs> and... He refused to answer, and when I was like, please, just, this is why I need to know the answer to this question. He just kept saying, well, I don't know. You know, so he, he wouldn't answer. He just well, couldn't. I will say some of our um, listeners have written in who are questioners who have told us that it's very annoying to them because they've done the research, yes. they feel, and they yeah. know the answer. Oh, do we, we, yes. we get a yes? An amen. Yeah. And so they don't like to be questioned because yeah. they feel... Yeah. You should know they've done the research Give and you the don't respect. need to ask yes. further questions. Yeah, they feel, they feel like no one, that people should trust their judgment. They've yeah. done their research. Ironic since they question yes. everyone else. Yes, but yes. We all yes. have our quirks. They do not see that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now what about obligers, my group? Now, I mean, so see, tell me if you agree that the big stumbling block for obligers is, you know, they see that they're meeting the outer expectations, but then they're not meeting the inner expectations. And that's just very frustrating because it's like, well, yeah, I never miss the work deadline. So why is it that I'm not able to, you know, practice guitar on my own? Um, and so, uh, you know, they need the, account the outer accountability in order to do it. And that's just frustrating because they would like to, to just be able to do it without this disparity between the outer and the inner. Yeah, I agree. That's very frustrating. Like, I want to, you know, eat better, eat less. And I feel like I should be able to do it on my own. But it's like, as I've discussed on the podcast, I go to Jenny Craig. And it's like, if I know that I have that appointment on Saturday with yeah. Monique from Jenny Craig, I have <laughs> Wednesday, I eat differently. Yeah. You know, and I've just <laughs> learned this about myself. And I hate it because I hate having to go and go through this. But it just doesn't work otherwise. And like if like this weekend I know I'm not going on Saturday also affects how I eat on Wednesday. Um, but, I, but I feel like the good thing is that you know that what you need is the accountability. And so at le it's like at least you can get where you want to go as long as the accountability is there. So sometimes that's the thing is obligers don't want, they don't, they sort of are, they wish they didn't need that accountability, but I'm like, well, you, you just need it. So. I know, but I think, I wish, I think a lot of us obligers long to be upholders. I think we'd love, you know, that, that inner accountability and rigidness and all that. <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. You have to accept what you need and, and, and yeah. just do it. Yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of trying to change yourself. Yeah, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, how about our favorite rebels? What's the happiness stumbling block for rebels? I mean, their big stumbling block is that people are just telling them what to do. They're like, just can you just not like be giving, nagging me, reminding me, telling me what to do, trying to make helpful, you know, pro con lists. And and <laughs> and I think the other stumbling block is that for rebels, they they know this that they want it. They want to do what they want to do. They want to do things their way. 
And they're frustrated because other people don't understand that they're interfering with that process when they intervene. And over and over, people will say, like, well, you know, I was going to clean the kitchen or I was going to apply for a job, but then somebody told me to do it. And then, of course, then I'm not going to <laughs> because they're not the boss of me. Yeah. And so if they would just not say anything, then I would get these things done because I want to do what I want to do and I want to play for school or I want to clean the kitchen. But when somebody tells me what to do, well, then I'm just not going to. Sometimes even if I want to, it's going to make me not want to. And so they feel like people are putting up roadblocks. And I think it's hard for other people to, to understand that because your impulse to, like... Tell someone life to, is other people trying to tell you what to do. It is. It um, is. And that is, it's hard for all of us, yes. but rebels in particular yes. have uh, an issue with that. Yes. So those are the stumbling blocks. Okay, guys, the time has come. I hope this, everyone's this been is thinking what of your surprised. happiness hacks. Yes, happiness hacks. Have you been thinking of your happiness hacks? We have a happiness hack lightning round. We yes. have, so we have two mics. You get up a gold here. star. Come on, you you've got star. your happiness hacks. Down. And tell us your happiness hack. I'm yes, there we go. Gold okay. star, gold star. I'll gold start star. off. Okay. While, while we're lining up. While we're lining up. Yes. Uh, my happiness hack this evening is wear shoes you can walk in. Yeah. Good hack. Um, yes. And um, Adam actually inspired this happiness hack because I went through a phase I was wearing a lot of high heels. And I really can't walk at all in high heels. <laughs> and he said, whatever you were trying to accomplish with those, you're not accomplishing. <laughs> so, and, it's a very diplomatic. Yes, uh, meaning you look like an idiot. <laughs> um, and so I have in recent time been trying to even to just buy only buy shoes I can walk in. And right. it, it is much easier. Um, You're better at it than I am. You're way better in heels. Than well, I am. it's that's maybe not saying much. I don't know. But, <laughs> it's not um, saying much. So, like, I have on chunky heels tonight. Yeah. They're still a little heel, but I can, you know, walk yeah. in them and stand Gracefully. in them and stuff. So that's my happiness okay. hack. Okay. All right. First up. All right. First of all, what's your name? I'm Nicole. Nicole. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Are you. And you live here in Seattle? I do. Okay. Yeah. Good. So um, my happiness hack actually really relates to your 911 Oh, good, good, song. good. Yeah. And I was thinking about it before, and so it was so ironic. I recently read a research article that supported this, but my husband and I were doing it, like, for years. I had to ha have some medical procedures, and so I had to have shots done. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I hate shots. Yeah. And so, you hate shots. <laughs> so yeah. we would sing. Oh, and we would like oh. sing like Here Comes the Sun and just all these different songs. And then I read this research article recently that said music therapy really helps when you're getting shots. Oh, so. that's a great hack. That's good to know for kids, yes. too, because kids have to get a lot of shots. And this year, the flu shot, you can't get the flu mist. You have to get the shot. Oh. So that's a great hack. Excellent. Oh, thank you so Thanks, much. Excellent. All right. It's, uh... Hi, I'm Stephanie. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Oh, Excellent. Wow. good luck to be here on a work conference, so I was able to come. Yeah. Uh, my happiness hack ha has to do with your outer order contributes to inner calm. Oh, good, yeah. So I have, you know, a house with two kids and a dog, and I started getting, I have two canvas bags, one at the bottom of the stairs oh. and one at the top of the stairs, oh, and I everything that needs to going. go upstairs, I dump in there, <laughs> and things that need to come down, because constantly things are wandering through my house, so it helps me to get them back where they belong. That's great. great Excellent. One. That's a great one. And we all have canvas bags, so that's good. Excellent. Okay, next. 
Hi, my name is Andrea and I live here in Seattle. And my happiness hack has to do with reconnecting with myself and getting some digital downtime. Oh, I am an avid colorer. I do oh, it good. everywhere I go, but it is such a great way to get out of my head oh. and get out of that scrolling Facebook stream. I do it while I watch TV or I listen to music or I do it when I'm listening to speakers too. So where, um, where do you weigh in on the great marker pencil debate? I am an avid Sharpie fan. Ooh. Oh, Sharpie. Sharpie. It's a limited color palette, but it keeps me focused. Excellent. Uh, you know, I have a new coloring book. I just can't, I'm coming out with a coloring book. Ah, yeah. I am too. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Power of positive coloring. All Excellent. right. Yes. Power of positive Excellent. coloring. Excellent. Love that. Love that. <clears throat> I'm Tamara. I'm from the Seattle area. And my happiness hack has to do with missing socks. I hate missing socks. Oh. Mm. So what I do is I make a practice of telling my kids, my husband, and myself to always, when I take my socks off, I fold them up as if I would put them back into my drawer, but then I throw them into the dirty clothes basket, and those don't get unfolded until I wash them. Um. And I have wound up with significantly less missing socks that oh. way. Nice. Now, how did you get them to do that? Was the, were they easy to train? Well, my 10-year-old daughter, who's over here in the audience, she doesn't like doing that. Uh, <laughs> However, my husband and other daughter really love that trick. Okay, so good. they usually good. use it. Excellent. Oh, All that's right, terrific. Nice Hi, my name's Emily. I'm from the Seattle area. And my ultimate happiness hack is being out in nature. And we're so lucky to be out on the trails. And um, I've got two boys. And when my oldest, who's now 16, was a baby, he was really colicky. Uh -oh. And I read that Last Child in the Woods book. And so we went out probably three or four times a day. And when we were in nature, he would stop crying. Mm -hmm. And so uh -huh. it became kind of... I have never heard this. This is so interesting. It's a wonderful book. So whenever we need to reset or connect we call it taking it to the woods and mm, we hike yeah. whether it's a 15 minute or an hour or whatever but luckily we're able to do it regularly and it it's the best remedy so and so you use it sort of like if somebody's in a bad mood or like mm -hmm. somebody you're like let's let's just Take like, it to we're, the we're woods. taking it to the woods That's oh, you hit wow. the trails and you hear the hear the birds and we used to have this thing called sit spots and i'd have the kids find a quiet spot and just listen Wow. wow. That's my happiness. That's yeah, I great. I love it. That's Taking great. That's, it like to a the home. That's like a try this at home. Hi, I'm April from Issaquah, Washington. I'm here with five of my girlfriends. Oh, and my ultimate happiness hack, which I just thought of while we were prepping, is to disconnect your landline phone. Just thinking about that makes me so happy. Not to have to worry, worry about the um, voicemails yes. and are you missing the one and only call that is only a telemarketer. Yeah. Just disconnect that landline. And Hallelujah. So, have you done this or you're thinking about doing I'm this? I'm thinking about doing it. It's making me very happy. All right. Well, oh. email us when you've done it. Email us. Yeah, so That's we know. right. I'm, I'm an obliger okay oh, perfect that's yes. your i will email outer expectation <laughs> yes yes yeah because i have a whole thing about voicemails oh. and i'm like maybe i could just not have voicemails yeah, yeah. i tried that you can't yeah. do that you can't do that okay no. well excellent <laughs> yeah simple and effective Thank you. that's All right so we'll give an update on that hi i'm susan i live here in seattle too it was something recently that i discovered i'm a rebel 
Oh, oh, interesting. And I love learning languages. So recently I decided to finally check out Duolingo, which is supposed to be this really great app for learning languages. And I was having a great time with it. And my little kids were enjoying doing it with me. And then I started to get notifications uh -oh. to say, keep your streak going, get back on. Mm. And it took a week and a half and I didn't go near it. I just didn't want to do it. Um, and these notifications kept coming and I kept saying, I'm not going to do it. So I went in and I just turned off all the notifications ah. and it took another week for me to realize I want to do it again. So I went back in and I started playing it. It was such a relief not to get a message and a reminder that I should be keeping my streak going. Ah. And then I realized that that's the same thing with anything that comes in on my spam. Anything that I've signed up for that I'm interested in, as soon as I get an email in telling me, oh, you might like this, I'm just like, no, I don't want to do it. So I'm going to go in and get rid of the notifications on everything that I would enjoy, except they're reminding me to do it. <laughs> <Not> to, <laughs> nice. Is, Turn off is, notifications. This is such a brilliant example, though, of how, okay, I just have to say it, how knowing your tendency can allow you to set your life up. Mm -hmm. Because for some people, those notifications would be really powerful and effective and helpful. Mm -hmm. And you just had to say, like, they're getting in my way. And I need, it's just like, it's very simple, but you have to understand, like, it's not something, it's just the process of something telling you what to do. Right. And it's a thing that I really like doing, but yes. if they tell me I have to do it, I'll yes. leave it alone. So for somebody that could be very helpful for you, it's actually counterproductive. And mm -hmm. so, excellent. Good. So just know yourself and like put it into action. Excellent, excellent, excellent hack. Thank, Thank you. All right. These are so great. I know. I'm Melanie from Portland, Oregon, and mm. my happiness hack is to set a positive intention for the day. Oh, okay. And I, one of, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and one of the things I've noticed is that I'm really good at doing this when everything's going great, and I'm also good at do, um, digging down deep for it when things are really challenging and overwhelming. Um, so, for example, um, as I was preparing to get here today, it was um, kind of chaotic with work and, and balancing life and stuff. So I reminded myself, um, live the bigger life. Oh. So it was, um, helped um, channel the energy in the right direction. Excellent. Yay. Excellent. Yes. Well, thank you for coming. That's, that's great. Yes. Thank you for fighting the chaos. Hi, and then Liam from Seattle, too. It's so funny because I'm also a rebel. And uh. side note, I had the same story with that same app. Oh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody should call their like customer yeah. care people. I started mm -hmm. to feel really guilty when it was like you're losing your French skills, so I deleted it. But <laughs> I need to just get rid of the notifications. That's so um, funny. My happiness hack is buy a container. Um, so I'm an underbuyer also. Yeah. And we've moved a lot. We actually moved from Los Angeles and in the past couple years. And um when there's stuff on the floor, there's a mess or something, I'm tentative to buy something. But when I buy a basket or a container, even if it doesn't have a permanent spot, it makes my life and my husband's life so much easier because yeah. there's not a mess anymore. It's right. contained. And so I just go on Amazon now and get a couple containers and keep buying them and it, no fail. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Right. It's buy a good a metaphor container. for life. Yeah, no, it makes a huge difference. Um, uh, like, and everything looks better arranged on a tray or put in a box. That's yeah. excellent, excellent. Yeah, Simple and effective. Hi, I'm Julie. Uh, I'm from Seattle also. Um, my happiness, well, I'm an obliger. Uh, and this uh, hack started out as a New Year's resolution, which we all know doesn't work for obligers. So yeah. <laughs> um, mine is to do something I've never done once a month. 
So it could be a new restaurant or it could be going to the happiness podcast. Yes. Um, uh, And it's a way to get out and do something fun. And it's also engaging someone else. So you're putting that outward expectation to actually do it. Ah, um, as well. That's the accountability part. The accountability. There's the accountability. And you enjoy it for yourself. Excellent. Oh, what a great yeah. hat. Okay. Hi, I'm Kat. I'm from Seattle, and my happiness hack is something that a lot of Seattleites do, which a lot of other people think is weird, which is to not carry an umbrella. Oh. It- oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This, is this a, it, it rains a ton here. It rains all the time. But there is loveliness in feeling that wet, soppy, gross beautifulness so that when it happens, you're living it, you're feeling it, and then you get home and you put your big robe on and your big slippers and your big cup of hot cocoa and you're like, ah. Oh. But you can't feel, ah, until you felt, ah. So... That's my hack. Thank you. Wow, I love that. Okay. All right. right, We just uh, have time for like a couple more. I think, yeah, we can do one more on each side and then we got to move on. But this this is so great. This is so great. So I'm Trish. I'm from Seattle. And I was talking to a friend today about how she had to take her three kids to the doctor. And I was reminded of a happiness hack I used to do with my little kids when we would have to go to the doctor. And, you know, you'd get into the room and then you'd wait. Yes. And I realized... One time my kids like flipped the light switch off and I was like, dance party. And I pulled out my iPhone and on the flashlight, there's a strobe. So you pull out one of your 911 happiness songs, strobe light, dance party. 15 minutes later, they come in. You're all happy, ready to be relaxed for the doctor. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. Where's the strobe? That's awesome. I got to figure out how to do the strobe. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. Okay, last one. Thank you for, I'm sorry we couldn't get to everybody. Um, this is great. And you get a gold star for being the last one. This feels like a lot of pressure here. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no it pressure, better no be pressure. good. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Julie. I'm also from Seattle. Um, and my husband and I moved here about two years ago from Colorado. And I have had a really hard time keeping in touch with my dearest friends who I love and love to talk to, but... Um, I'm very out of sight, out of mind, and months would go by without talking to them. Um, so a few months ago, I did some research, and I found an app that lets me like, super customize alarms. And so every other Tuesday, an alarm goes off to tell me to text one of my best friends, and every other Thursday, another one goes off. So I don't know if they've realized that every other Tuesday, they get a text from me at the same time. But I figured... I'm probably thinking about it more than they are, but it's really helped me reconnect with those friends and like, maintain those friendships and, and feel like I'm investing there. So, but, but so see, what's the app, did you say? It's called Alarmed. Alarmed. And okay. yeah, so I couldn't do the alarm customizations on the iPhone clock thing, so this other one has been really helpful. But, but the other thing I would say about this is that like, I think sometimes people feel like friendship is supposed to be like spontaneous and that it's like part of like fun and staying connected is it's just like you, it just happens naturally. But in fact, in the busyness of life, a lot of times you really need to make an effort. And if you need to like do it every other Tuesday, like (laughs) if that's what works, that's great because relationships are, you know, the most important thing. That's a brilliant idea. Simple and effective. The hack. Nice. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) These are so great. 
Thank you, everyone. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. That was not fade away by Buddy Holly. You're happy to my, yeah, that's 911 fine. Song. Yes, I think that's I think that's it for 911 song. So Demer, Demer. Okay, yeah, Elizabeth. Where was like, who's up? And I'm like, oh, you got the live show. I have the live show, Demerit. Okay, yeah. so Gretchen, you'll remember in a previous podcast I discussed Candy Crush Ooh. Um, and how I uh, my iPhone dying. The one silver lining of that was that it took me back to zero on Candy Crush, and that's how I got off of Candy Crush because it was um, hurting my career. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah. I was done with Candy Crush. Yeah. You were like you were like the gambler who's on the no, the 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 uh, deny list at the yeah. casino. Yes. You were you were out. Um, okay. Well, I had a moment of weakness, uh-huh. and I started playing Candy Crush again. Okay, but <laughs> how how did it appear? It, well, no, it cam it comes on the phone, or maybe because I had already downloaded it on my previous phone, it was on my phone. But it's always been there. It's just uh. I pretended like it wasn't there. And I knew I'd have to go back to zero. And I, who wants to do that? Right. Um, but then I was just having such anxiety and I just needed to relax. And my Lumosity games weren't doing it for me. <laughs> so I was like, let me just play Candy Crush for a minute. I probably won't even like it anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, um, that's like... That's the, you should yeah. have called me. Yes, hours later. Um, <laughs> now, I will say this. I have not paid a dime. I was paying for more lives and more levels, like a lot. That was the other issue. Um, I haven't paid a dime yet. Now, are you... Okay. <laughs> are you... Are you... Are, do you want... Do you want to give it up, or do you want to keep playing for free, or what, um, what do you want? Because, based, because this could be... It's all about what you want. Based on how much time I've spent, I think I should give it up. Now, Jack has generously offered to secretly delete it from Ooh. my phone. Yeah, and, can I just say if your six-year-old is going to do an intervention, yeah. it's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, this morning he's like, Mommy, let me delete it. Um, so maybe Jack will be doing that while we're here in Seattle, okay. secretly deleting Candy Crush. 
But you do feel like it's, because in a way you enjoy it. So if you enjoy it and it's within, it's not crowding out other more valuable things, then it's okay to have it as a treat. But you feel like it's, it's yes. becoming an unhealthy treat. Well, it took me, let's just say, a long time to finish Where Do You Go, Bernadette. It was like, <laughs> I had like a lot of candy crush in the middle there. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, but, um, okay, Gretchen, um, end us um, tonight with a gold star. With a gold star. Okay, so one of the things that, like, ancient philosophers and contemporary scientists agree is that gratitude is really important for a happy life and that people who feel grateful are happier and they're even healthier. Um, but one of the things about gratitude that everybody notices is that it's very easy to take things for granted. And sometimes the things that you should feel more, most grateful for are the things that you never think about at all. So you don't think about, oh my gosh, electricity is the greatest thing <laughs> since electricity. Because you just have electricity until your electricity goes out and then you're like, oh my gosh, like how was I not so grateful for my electricity? Um, and so I was thinking about something in my life which is, um, it's very small. I never think about it. I use it every, every, every single day of my life, and yet I should be grateful for it every day because it adds so much value to my life. And that is contact lenses. <laughs> I am so incredibly nearsighted. Like, I could not read this page right now. It would have to be, like, here for me to read it because I'm so nearsighted. I've, been near, I've worn glasses since, like, I don't know, second grade. Um, the first thing I do in the morning is put on my contact lenses. The last thing I do when I go to bed at night is take out my contact lenses. Um, I see much better with co my contact lenses in, and I look much better with my contacts in. So show, you have to show yeah. us what you look like in your glasses. Okay. So this is me in my glasses. <laughs> Let me see. I have to say, they don't look that bad. They're, they could use anti-reflective coating. They don't, <laughs> they don't look great. Um, uh, so I just think like this is, you know, I think about like Lauren Ingalls Wilder or something like that. I'm like, what would I have done without my contact lenses? And so I just think here's this small thing every single day. And so now I'm really trying to make it into a gratitude practice that when I put my, my contacts in in the morning, I think how happy I am to be putting in my contact lenses and, um, and just to like remind me of all those little things that it's so easy to take for granted, even though they add so much to daily life. So gold star for contacts and all those other little things. And all the little things, and all great. the little things. And that is it for Happier. You can get Gretchen to sign your books. Also, Chris Gilbo will be here signing books, I think. Um, and we have a temporary tattoo for everyone outside. Yeah, so fun. Um, and for the first time, you can buy t-shirts. Yes. Only $20 cash. Yeah. So we want to give a huge thanks to Chris Gilbo, our guest. You can buy his book, Born for This, wherever you want to buy your Yeah, Chris Gilbo. And also thanks to Jen and Marianne, our two manifesto writers, and for all our audience members yeah. who gave us their great, great hats. Thanks, as always, to Kristen Meinzer. Yeah. We were so happy to have her here with us in Seattle. Uh, Kristen, we always want to party in the USA with you. Yeah. 
Um, thanks, of course, to the great staff at Town Hall. And as always, thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers of Panoply. And we want to give a special thanks to the indispensable Faith Hill, who is Slate's executive producer for live events. Holly Allen, who did our great slides as always. And to Allie Ferguson, who was our freelance producer for tonight. Um, we're going to post some photos from the show. Uh, and so, as always, you can go to the show notes, which is happiercast.com slash 87. Let's get in. 87. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Gold star to anybody who rates and reviews us. So thanks for joining us. Onward, Onward and upward. upward.